All Souls Forum is a public forum dealing with significant issues, especially those that involve ethical values of the contemporary world and that promote critical thinking. It is a production of the All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church at 4501 Walnut Street in Kansas City, Missouri. Good morning. Welcome to the forum. My name is Craig Volland. I'm a member of the forum committee. Uh, the mission of the forum is to afford a platform for the discussion of significant issues, especially those which involve ethical issues in the contemporary world, and to promote critical thinking. And we've been doing this since 1943. This morning, we have two really excellent, uh, excellent speakers uh, with a very appropriate subject, which is about democracy. Uh, we have uh, Ann Calvert and Janet Milkovich. Ann is the president of the League of Women Voters of Kansas City, Jackson, Clay, Platte Counties, Missouri. And Janet is president of the League of Women Voters of Johnson County, Kansas. And they're going to tell us about the activities that they have planned between now and the elections of November 8th and what they would like us to do during that period. So take it away. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it very much. Uh, so just a brief history of the League of Women Voters. The League of Women Voters came out of the fight for um, suffrage for women. So the uh, the suffragist, gist, sorry, suffragist movement, um, which is what it was called here in America. In England, they were suffragettes, but in America, suffragist because the jet had a kind of uh, negative connotation, a little bit of a, you know, less than or cute little. So uh, we don't do it like that in America. <laughs> um, so the League of Women Voters U.S. was founded in 1920 in Chicago. I've actually been to the hotel where it was founded. There's a little plaque there. It's kind of fun. Um, I stumbled. I just happened to be staying in that hotel and noticed that plaque. So uh, the Missouri League was actually founded a few months before the National League was um, in St. Louis in 1919. And the Johnson County League was founded in 1952. We're the young ones. <laughs> uh, men could join the league starting in 1974. Uh, I remember that. I'm a, I'm a league child. My parents were both league members. And I remember when they had that vote to allow men to join. And they also discussed changing the name at that time. But the men wouldn't... Uh, I don't want to say wouldn't let it. The men voted against changing the name of the League of Women Voters. So in Kansas City, we have uh, leagues. We used to have individual leagues in Independence, Raytown, and Eastern Jackson County, but they consolidated in 2004, and we are growing so much that I predict that there will be some spinning off again of some of those leagues. So it may not stay consolidated forever. We may get to have a shorter name. May I ask how many of you are from Kansas? 
the rest of you are from Missouri. So great. Thank you for being. I grew up in Missouri, south of St. Louis, and I live in Kansas. But until Ann and I have been collaborating on a few issues, we didn't, I didn't realize how different the voting laws are across the state line. So it's really nice that we have an opportunity to tell you some of the things the leagues are doing, both in Kansas and Missouri, that we think will be helpful for you. So who is the league? We've talked about when we were founded, but what do we do? So we are a nonpartisan organization and we encourage informed and active participation in government. The league does not support or oppose any candidate or political party. And that's really important for us to state up front. We take it, we take positions on issues, but we never take a position on a political candidate or a party. And we are fully committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion, both in principle and in practice. So how do we do our business? Um, the League of Women Voters in Johnson County, we have 350 members. We're all volunteers, including the board. So we are so committed to voter registration and voter participation. Um, and we're going to tell you about laws that are trying to suppress that opportunity. But we go out into the community we go to high schools. We know that that's prime. We have to replicate ourselves, right? We have to get our young people involved. So we do our best to go to high schools. Sometimes we set up uh, mock polls, mock elections. Um, and the kids at that age are, are kind of becoming aware of issues that are important to them. We also go to colleges. That's part of our strategic plan. Let's get our college age uh, residents involved in the community. Um, I just met with a professor at Johnson County Community College, and she is the chairman of the Black Student Union. And we were trying to figure out how we could engage the Black students that are members of that union. And she said, there are, we just have to find that sweet spot that they're really interested in that affect them now. And that's kind of true across the board for Black students. They're not thinking about, um, for all students in college, they're not thinking about some of the things we are, but what is important to them. We also go to community events like this, to farmers markets. We went to the Girl Scouts. We created a badge, uh, and we work with the Girl Scouts, but they in Northeast um, Missouri and Kansas so that they can earn badges for citizenship. Uh, we go to senior sitters, centers. We help seniors register, fill out mail-in ballot applications, and we go to naturalization ceremonies. Has anybody here ever been to a naturalization ceremony? What was that like for you? It makes you, it's humbling for you, isn't it? As you see people from all around the world take this oath and what they have to, their test to become a citizen. I don't know if all of us would pass it. Um, quite frankly, and then at, when they finish, become after they finish the ceremony and they're citizens, we talk to them about one of the basic rights of being a citizen, about a privilege that some of them have never had extended to them, and we help them get registered to vote. On the Missouri side, we do um, all of the same things. So I'm gonna. <laughs> you made that one easy for me. So. Well, we are the League of Women Voters, whether whatever state, right? 
However, you alluded to some new laws, and of course the laws are state by state, so she's got different laws to talk about than I do. Um, but I will talk about some new voter registration restrictions that we have in Missouri. Uh, there's a new law that was just um, enacted in August called HB 1878, and it's a 57-page it's a mess of a law. It's huge, so I can't tell you everything that's in it, but I will tell you the highlights that uh, interfere with our work registering voters. So um, we have been registering voters for over 100 years. That was one of the main things that we started doing after we, you know, secured the vote in 1920, we started, well, now we have the vote. Let's get everybody registered so they can get out and, and actually use that power. Uh, we have been registering, as Janet talked about, in in the community, in schools, in, organ, in uh, gatherings like this. So um, now, in order for us to go out and register voters, if we do, if we register more than 10 voters in a two-year cycle, we have to actually register with the Secretary of State. So we have to fill out a form. We have to tell the Secretary of State who we are, our phone number, our address. We have to provide all of that. And if we don't, if we goof, if we make a mistake, if we neglect, if we don't know that that's the case, then we can go to jail and we could pay a big fine and we can lose our right to vote in Missouri for the rest of our lives. Um, part of this law also is that the Secretary of State's office does not is is not obligated to inform the public when there is a change in the in law. So they are not obligated to reach out to the public and and tell you, hey, you can't uh, you can't register people the way you used to. You can't help register people. And the word that they use is solicit. So we are solicitors now. And that word is a little bit vague too. And it shows up in a couple of different places in the law. Another thing that we can't do is that we can no longer distribute information regarding absentee ballot applications. We can't talk about it. So if we have a voter come to us at an event and say, my my mom, my grandma is, is homebound, and I don't know how to help her vote. Can you can you help us? I am restricted by law from saying to that voter, "You can request an absentee ballot application." I am not allowed to say that. Um, I have to say something much more general and direct them to the Secretary of State's website, but I cannot hand them an application, an absentee ballot application, and I cannot, the way that the law is worded is that I cannot solicit that voter to request an absentee ballot. So, uh, this is a terrible law, as you can imagine. We, we, uh, <clears throat> We weighed in on this law before it was signed, well, before the legislature passed it. It was passed the very last day of the legislative session, towards the end of the day, of course. The the governor took a long time to sign it. Um, I think they know that this is, uh, this is an unpopular bill. Um, it also changes things that only registered 
voters who are registered in the state of Missouri can um, help other people register to vote. Then there's also a ID requirement that we may talk about later, but I'll I did not include that here because it's a because we have 25 minutes. So <laughs> so uh, that is that's the the law that's happening in Missouri right now that's hampering our work. There's a card game that I don't know what it is if it's poker or what, but it says I'll do this and I'll raise you one. Is that poker? It's it's poker. It's poker. She knows more about play card poker. games than I do. I play poker. Okay, so the Kansas voter suppression laws will outbid the Missouri voter <laughs> suppression laws. We'll raise you one. So each year, the uh, nine leagues, League of Women Voters in Kansas, we register normally thousands of people. We register thousands of voters. We used to take uh, voter applications. Uh, for registration with us to our events until it became a law, uh, a felony, a felony conviction. So there are two laws that our leagues have filed lawsuit on in the voter suppression laws. One was House Bill 2183 and one was House Bill 2332. So honestly, if if I were to have brought ballots or applications for you to register today, I, that would be a felony, and I have to pay money and possibly go to jail. Well, the legislator said, the legislature said, well, that's not what we meant, but that's what the law says. So what we can do, we found a way around it because we are the League of Women Voters, and we do not give up. So uh, we have QR codes. Do you know what QR codes are? So we pass out information with QR codes that take them right to the sites where they can register themselves. So if you are to register on your own device, your own phone, or your own laptop, or your own iPad, that's legal. But if you, if I were to help you, someone could say that I'm impersonating an election officer, and then that's against the law. Another thing that's against the law, we always go to senior homes. Some seniors are homebound, literally, and can't get to the election site. So we would go, and uh, their staff would offer assistance completing a paper ballot or mail-in ballot, and we could take them and put them in the ballot box for them. Well, now we can't take more than 10. It just goes on and on and on, our restrictions. So... It hasn't really stopped us. The first year, we we went from registering thousands of voters to a handful, but now we're kind of back up in our stride for that. The other thing, uh, where are we here? I'm sorry. We're, we're about to talk about voter information, but can I interrupt? That sure. We've been talking about um, that we are zombies for democracy, that we will not stop registering voters. Just trying to make that a thing. So even if they hang you up by your fingernails, you're going to go. We just found there are ways around it. And uh, people still need to vote. People still want to vote. People are interested. And just a sidebar, uh, Kansas had a proposed amendment um, in August. Some of you might be aware of that, the amendment that was on. uh, uh, So we weren't allowed to, there were things we weren't allowed to do, but we worked so hard to get people to go to the polls. 
And last year, the primary race had 14% of voters in Johnson County, for example, show up to vote. This year, it was over 50%. That means 50% didn't, but the number was high because we just kept the pressure up. We could still go door to door and make people aware and invite them to participate. We accept your applause. Thank you. And you're next with voter information. Okay. So voter information. Uh, one way to reach voters to help them understand what's going on is we do candidate forums. And we don't assume that voters aren't informed. We just have learned from voters that they want more information. They want to know where to go to get information so that they can make a good and well-informed decision. So we do candidate forums. We partner with the library and other organizations. We invite all candidates running for particular offices from both parties to come, and we ask them what questions they would like to ask. In our current climate, we've had a hard time getting representation at our uh, candidate forums from both parties, but we continue to work on that. And I talked about the Girl Scout Project. In Wyandotte County, we used to do voter registration before it was illegal. Wyandotte County is in Kansas. So now we came up with something called Souls to the Poles, and we work with churches in Wyandotte County, and we do car caravans, and we go through some of the districts that have the lower vote, lowest voter turnout, and we just remind people to get out the vote. We have signs on our cars, and we honk, and we wave, and we have our flags, and just remind people to get out and exercise their rights. And on the Missouri side, we also have our nonpartisan candidate forums. We have 10, we hope we will have 10 forums coming up this fall. Uh, as with Kansas, it depends on, we'll let that pass. <laughs> Is that the hospital? I told you not to. We're on that. a list. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Uh <laughs> We, we too have trouble sometimes getting, uh, candidates from, um, all parties. And we won't do a forum if we don't have candidates from at least two different parties. Uh, we do have candidates, some candidates on the Missouri side who are independents or, um, or from the Green Party or the Libertarian Party. So if we have at least more than one party represented, we will have a forum. Um, we also have an election integrity project that we're working on right now and that we've done research. We've gone, um, some of our members have gone to actually see demonstrations of how the voting machines work. We've written about that. We've put together fact sheets to let the public know that the, their local election can be trusted because, uh, there's a, we anticipate a lot of mis and disinformation will be uh, released during the this election season. And um, there's something, oh, I can't remember the name. It's like pre, not pre-information, but there's a jumping in ahead with the correct information. Crampton? Nope. Anyway, I'll think of it. As soon as I'm oh, quit trying to, I'll think of it. Uh, thank you very much. Um, and then we also have... A program, series of programs that we would encourage you to come to 
called, thank you, called Ballot Measures Explained, and that's in partnership with the Kansas City Public Library. And the first one is on October, uh, September 27th, and the second one is on October 3rd. Uh, October 27th is at the Central Library. October 3rd is at the Plaza. And you can find information about that on our website. You could probably find information about that at the library website as well. And what we're doing with those programs is um, we're explaining how how measures get on the ballot. You know, you've got all the candidates, but then there's always this two or three things at the end of the ballot that you have to make a decision on, you know, vote yes or vote no. And those are called ballot measures. And in Missouri, there are a couple of different ways that they can get on that the ballot, those issues. And so we just talk you through what, what are those two ways and how exact three, three ways I'm being told from my more expert person in the audience. Thank you. Um, And so the, the different ways will be explained. And then after we finish with that portion, the explanation portion, then we'll tell you exactly what's on the ballot here in Missouri and um, both sides of those issues and and what those mean, this fair ballot language for those. Um, we also have a legislative action alert that we do during the legislative session. So we've got an email that goes out and lets you know, this is what's coming up in the legislature this week. Here's the position that the League of Women Voters has taken on that issue, and here's what we would like you to do about it. We want you to call your legislator. We want you to testify. You can submit written testimony sometimes, or we want you to tell your friends, or we want you to post on social media. So we have that. We also have a podcast where we um, it's te- we team up the podcast and the legislative alert. Um, are sort of the uh, I don't want to say duplicating, but oops, but that um, the podcast reinforces the legislative alert. So we talk about what's coming up and what to do, um, and then we have a longer podcast once a month where we break down some of the some of the concepts, some of the systems, some of the things that are going on that are that might not be so easy to understand. Like how does legislation actually make it from idea? to law. How, how does that actually work? What's the process? So we'll break that down. Um, we have a really active social media. And so please go online. And if you are at all a social media user, please go like us, retweet, follow, comment, all that stuff. Um, and then vote for one, one, which we'll talk about a little bit. There's, a, there's another slide. So it's also one to talk about we want to empower voters. That's part of our core initiative. So we do that through monthly programs in Johnson County. Uh, our programs are usually on the first Saturday of the month, but some members asked us to, to change it up a little bit. So this past Wednesday, we had a program at the Johnson County Community College, and we talked about water runoff and water resources. And we had four excellent speakers that uh, shared concrete information, no pun intended, concrete is the source of water inf- water runoff, but shared information on steps that we can take. Uh, our, our program in October is going to be about the November 8th ballot. 
in Kansas, the November 8th ballot has people running for office, but it also has two more proposed uh, amendments to the Constitution and an opportunity to uh, reinstate or keep in office six of the seven Kansas Supreme Court justices. So the two constitutional ballot amendments that are on the ballot are designed to uh, sway that one way or another. So, uh, for example, uh, one is about the legislative veto or suspension of executive agency regulations. That means a whole lot, right? No, we don't know what it talks. So our forum in October is going to go through what what do these words mean? What could be the uh, the impact of that? What's a yes vote mean? What's a no vote mean? Then we're also there's an, the other one is the Kansas County Sheriff Election and Recall Amendment. We have one sheriff in Kansas. He happens to be in Johnson County. Who, uh, yeah, goes off on his own direction. Well, this amendment is to say he gets to stay in office. You know, so we're we're giving information about that. And the other is. What does the Supreme Court do? Why is it important that we know who these six justices seeking re-election or reappointment are doing? And we have a retired uh, appeals court judge that's going to explain that whole process to us. So that's another way for voter empowerment. We also collaborate a lot with civil rights organization that goes back to our diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, we know that we can't do everything, although we should certainly try. So we rely on partners to help us uh, get into communities that could use uh, some information and that we can learn from them. And we work with the media and Speakers Bureau. If you are part of an organization and you want to know more information, you could go on the LWVJOCO website. And we have a speakers bureau that lists all the topics, and those speakers, free of charge, will come to your organization and present. Or LWVKC if you're on the Missouri side. So you have speakers bureau as well. And then we both have observer corps where members of our leagues uh, participate in local committees, I guess. It's so the planning commission, the uh, county commission, the different city councils. We have people that go and attend each of those meetings, make sure that they're following the rules, and then they report the information back to the league. Yeah, although we we don't participate. Our observers don't participate. They just observe. Yes. That's probably true for you. <laughs> yeah. We observe, yeah, we don't actually participate. We, we observe as a, we participate by attending. We yes. observe as a league member. If we want to speak, we take our league badges off. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. that correction. Yep. And, and we do monthly. Well, this list is, is, uh, what we both, both organizations do. So I, yeah, that's gonna, good. What you said was good. <laughs> so me again. So what do we do as advocacy? Um, what is advocacy? So we we try. Some people are really nervous about advocating because they think we're trying once you to get in people's faces, you know, and take this strong. So we teach people how to advocate, and that's to how to succinctly state what the issue is and what a yes vote means or a no vote means, or why it's important that you as a citizen or to get involved in advocating for or against that issue. 
So um, I talked about the uh, value them both amendments that we defeated, that the Kansas, not the league, the Kansans defeated, but the league took a very strong stance on that. Since 1983, the League of Women Voters of the United States took a position on women's reproductive health and also how that impacts lives in terms of uh, their health, um, their social and economic status. So we have, we have said since 1983 that that's important to women and that's something we need to advocate for. So in keeping with that, the Kansas League came all out. We worked with other organizations to inform people. Um, I worked with another church and over two weekends, we talked to 800 members about the vote. What, and most of those members did not know that there was an, a proposed constitution on the, um, what's the name? Uh, the August, the primary ballot. They didn't know that because it, it's not usually, a, an amendment usually isn't on the primary ballot. On the primary ballot, who, who's allowed to vote? Party members. So independents did not know that they could show up at the uh, primary and vote for two things, the Johnson County Commissioner and yes and no on the amendment. So our job was to get out there and say, you have a right to vote in this election, and this is the information about the election. This is our suggestion on what the uh, how you should vote on this particular issue. And so we had a great turnout. We worked really hard. Um, so the other things we pretty much talked about. And uh, we didn't mention redistricting, but but every 10 years when we do the census, um, then the the map of uh, districts is redrawn. And that's a lengthy process. And so I, I won't go into a ton of detail because we won't do it again for another nine and a half years. But, um, but the league I, on both sides of the state line weighed in on how those maps should look and that those maps should be fair and balanced. And, um, I think it, on our side, I think we had a little tiny bit of a of influence, maybe not huge, but, um, not on our side. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, of course, we were in opposition to HB 1878. That's the bill that we're the that uh, makes it harder for us to register voters. Um, we have, are also plaintiffs in two lawsuits uh, against the state with regard to HB 1878, and so we are advocating in that way that we are helping. Um, sue to throw that law out or chunks of that law out and then we wanted to end with vote 411 and vote 411 is across the entire country it's the league's website vote 411 is a place where you can get information about the candidates you can double check your registration and in missouri this right now that's really really important because we have to protect our right to vote in Missouri, well, and in Kansas too, uh, we have to protect our right to vote. Um, 
That means make sure you're registered. Make sure you've got the ID that you need to vote in Missouri because of 1878. You have to have a, a non-expired Missouri or federal issued ID that has a photo on it. So a Missouri driver license, a Missouri non-driver license, a military ID or a passport. Those are those are kind of the only things, not kind of, that's, that's what you can take. Uh, and non, non-expired can be an issue for people who don't drive anymore and who used to be able to use an expired license. So start now, check to make sure you're registered, check to make sure you've got the right ID. And if you don't, uh, give us a call and we can point you in the direction where you can get some help. Um, but you can also find, as I mentioned, candidate information at Vote411. Uh, two weeks before each election, the candidate section goes live, and you can actually type in your address and find out exactly what's on the ballot where you live. You can even do your research at home, make your selections on our website, and our website will email you the selections that you made and you can print that or you could take it into the uh, poll with you and it makes voting so much quicker and so much easier. So uh, I love vote for one, one. This is something that I actually use all every, every single election. We use this on the Kansas side. If you're over 65, you are allowed to use an expired driver's license. Or you can use a student ID as well. Yeah, no student ID in Missouri anymore. Okay. I think we may have some questions. Thank you. Well, first, I want to commend you for being what I consider to be real patriots. Now, my question relates to Missouri because that's where I live. Could you legally, without committing a felony, talk to me about anything that's going to be on the November a ballot relating to issues and whether, and specifically also whether your portion of the league is taking a position on any of those issues. Can you talk about the issues and if you're taking positions on those? I cannot talk to you today about the issues and not because it's not legal, um, but because I've been so busy organizing all of the things that we've been doing that I am not an expert on those issues and I don't want to misspeak. So I'm going to encourage you to come to the central library on August 20, I'm sorry, September 27th at six o'clock or October 3rd at the Plaza library at six o'clock where um, they will explain all of the ballot issues in, in a in, not too much, just the right amount of detail. Um, and then check back with us because we do, we do take some positions and we're actually, um, in the process of discussing that at the state level, the state presidents and the, I mean, the state president and the local presidents across the state are in the process right now of discussing what positions align with what ballot measures. And so, what do we, you know, where are we going to come down? Where will we land on that? We just haven't finished that process yet. So go to those, go to those explanation meetings at the plaza or at the, 
uh, main branch and then, and then check back with us. Our positions? Yes. And our position will be on our website. Yes. Hi, I'm Carol Coles, and I'm, I work with uh, the American Association of University Women, and we pair with you very frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when we used to go to college campuses at the beginning of the year and help students switch their registration to a local registration. Am I correct now that they have to have a driver's license from Missouri with a with an address of that semester in order to um in order to vote now that you are half correct. They have to have a, a non-expired Missouri driver license to to vote. It does not have to match their address. And we have changed our strategy with regard to college students because you are right. We used to advise college students, get registered where you are living right now because you want to be a part of that community and you the laws in that community affect you. And so we we used to encourage people to get involved wherever they are. Uh, we are no longer recommending that because let's say you are a Kansas resident, you live in Kansas, you decide to come to college in Missouri, and you want to vote. In order to vote in Missouri, you have to you have to give up your Kansas ID to get your Missouri ID. And what if you go back at the end of the semester, then do you have to do that whole process over again? And how many college students who have a permanent address out of state are going to be willing to trade that ID in for a Missouri ID just to vote? So we are recommending to those students now that they vote absentee in their home state. Well, we can actually do that because we can talk about absentee voting. It's very confusing, which I will tell you is not a bug. It is in, it's the design of this law is to be very confusing. So we can actually talk about absentee voting. We can talk about in-person absentee voting. We could talk about there's a two week period of no excuse in-person absentee voting which we recommend everyone in Missouri use uh, if as long as it exists. So if the, it may get thrown out along with the photo ID provision. But, but if you can, we recommend everybody go and vote in that two-week in-person, no-excuse absentee voting period because we think there are going to be long lines at the polls. We think that all these changes are going to jam it up. But, but back to the college students. And so we can actually recommend somebody vote absentee. We can even talk a little bit about absentee ballot applications if they're out of state. Our lawyers have said that Missouri really has no, um, has no concern with out of state. So, yeah, they don't care. They don't care. So, uh, the other thing about this law is that the Secretary of State does not enforce this law. So, the Secretary of State can um, can interpret it however the Secretary of State wants, but enforcement is actually at the local level with a local prosecutor. So, in Kansas City, we don't... And, uh, 
anticipate that there will be a ton of prosecutions. I've actually contacted the prosecutor to see if I can sit down and have a conversation with her. But um, but we don't know in other areas. We have league or we have local leagues all across the state, and how that law gets interpreted is really up to the prosecutor. So. That was a little longer, a little more information than you were looking for, but thank you for that question. It seems to be that the work you do is absolutely vital to our American democracy, especially in this day of muddled media messages and the big lie and so forth. I don't see an organization comparable to yours for males, and I'm curious to know if you accept male members. We absolutely do. Uh, and do you have all any? across the country? We do. We have a we have a male board member that uh, that isn't. He's a co-leader of voter registration, so that's a very critical part. We have male members serving in all capacities. You know, I remember. I remember when that came up when I was a kid. And it was in 1974 when they first began allowing men. And uh, the men were not in favor of it. And we have, I, I don't believe it, is, it, it has come up for serious consideration since. And I think we are such a strong brand and so well-known under the name Legal Women Voters. We, I, I don't think there's been any discussion. I was at the National Convention this June and I there was no there was no mention of it there so yeah. so we're really big on diversity equity and inclusion and it's kind of a role reversal guys but that the men are included in the diverse population that we served uh, as are uh, LBGTQ and people of other ethnicities so we really want to be an inclusive organization for everyone who wants to support America. Uh, from our YouTube uh, audience, uh, we have a question from, question from Richard Thompson. He's asking, is the league doing anything to help citizens return from prison and vote? Yes, uh, we are involved. Uh, we've, yes, there's a re-entry program called Pe People in Blue Boy. I can't remember the name, but yes, um, the league does. We have uh, one of our positions is social justice and juvenile justice, and we work with other organizations to advocate for prisoner and ex-offenders reentry programs so that people can get uh, registered to vote and vote. The laws are different state to state. So you ha in Kansas, at least, you, uh, a person serving a felony conviction must complete his probation period before he or she is entitled to vote. But we work with, uh, we work on those programs and we, we offer, uh, education programs on that topic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's called off paper when they've completed their parole or their probation. And in Missouri as well, if you're off paper, you can then register and vote. And, um, we, we don't do as much as we would like to. And that's something that's on our radar to work with other organizations to, to get that information out. Um, we do some voter registration at bus stops and that's, 
one place where we can really educate people about being off paper. We have lots of people when we're at the bus stops who will say, I can't, I, I have a record and we'll stop them and say, are you off paper? And, and just let them know. They don't know. We can't do that. Can't, can't register. Yeah, we, we still can. If we, if we're solicitors or if we're signed up and we filled out our paperwork. Um, my question is, uh, would you go further on that, uh, Supreme Court justice issue as the relevance, uh, as my understanding is the relevance is that, uh, all but one of the judges that was, uh, supposed to be retained by the people who voted no on the abortion amendment. Could you expand on that issue, please? Yes, I'll do this very carefully. So there are seven Kansas Supreme Court justices. Six are up for retention voters. Um, the party or the legislature in Kansas that offered the amendment for value them both are also offering this amendment to give the legislature more authority which would lead to the opportunity for them to negate the, what we accomplished in August. So uh, I want to be careful about that because it's not a partisan issue. So let, we are going to talk about, well, what role does the Supreme Court have? That's part of our program. The Supreme Court in Kansas in 2019 upheld the right to abortion as they as a constitutional amendment. So now those same Supreme Court justices uh, are up for reinstatement. So if you don't like that women have the opportunity uh, by law to be cared for reproductive health, then people that don't like that would like to vote yes on this vote, this amendment, so that they could change up the Supreme Court justices. So the Supreme Court justices these are the qualifications which might surprise you. They have to have 10 years of active and continuous law practice in Kansas. They have to be at least 30. God forbid. My children are that are in their 30s, and I would not vote for them for the Supreme Court. I'm just saying, and they're really great people. And, uh, and they must be no older than, than 70, so I couldn't run for that either. And their terms are for six years. So if we uh, supplant these uh, six of the seven Supreme Court justices in Kansas, whomever gets appointed following that will be serving for at least six years. So we really need to pay attention to, to their, not their politics. We're not supposed to say politics, even though we seem like we've witnessed that on the uh, federal Supreme Court. But we need to pay attention to what their views are and how they've ruled in the past. How many of you are guilty when the, we, the judges are in the ballot? You know, there's pages of judges that you go and it's kind of like a crapshoot. There's another gambling term. Uh, that you, right. So, uh, we really are trying to work to inform people what each justice, what is their voting record? What do they believe? What can we expect from them? Did you want to add? Just check 411. We put information about the judges. 
So the question is, where do you find the voting records? We send, uh, well, we send questions out to candidates to answer. For the justices, you can go to the American Bar Association. They usually have information about that. Or sometimes you just have to dig into the justices themselves. So uh, one other thing about that, if those, if any of the justices are not voted to retain their term, that a committee will be appointed to interview to vet justices. But then the person that appoints the new justice is who? Do you know? The governor. So depending on the outcome of the election and who becomes governor, that will have a big impact also on the selection of the Kansas Supreme Court justices. I beg you, uh, get active and get, get out the vote for that. I have a question. Uh, are you done on that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you earlier mentioned another amendment that's up uh, in November 8th in Kansas has to do with the authority of the legislature over government agencies. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Because that appears to be an attempt to get around uh, the opposite party's governorship uh, authority. You think? <laughs> Pardon me, that was sarcastic. So uh, we have, we we are going to print, so we'll soon have copies of this Know the Facts, and it will talk very specifically about the amendments, and I'd be glad to get them to Spencer to share with you all. And they'll also be on, it's on the uh, the JOCO League website right now. But the one amendment, if, if I could read to you from the page, if you vote yes to uh, on this bill, that will, a yes vote changes our constitution in Kansas to allow the state legislature to revoke or suspend rules and regulations adopted by executive agencies by a simple majority. Potentially, this could allow the legislature to void any executive branch agency's rules and regulation, even retroactively, such as those affecting health, safety, the environment, elections, and education. So that's just on uh, HC50. Let's see. So that's the veto or suspension of executive agents. The other is about the sheriff. Were you interested in that or just specifically the one I just read? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you what a no vote means on that same legislative veto amendment. The no vote preserves the Constitution, which some of us find very important, allowing the state legislature to pass resolutions expressing disagreement with the rule or regulation enacted by an executive agency. So that's a resolution versus uh, legislative action. Currently, executive branch agency and officials are allowed by law to enact rules and regulations if the legislature disagrees with them. They can pass resolutions expressing displeasure or they can pass new laws. So it's pretty nuanced, right? Nuance there. So the league is recommending a vote no, but we're really going to work on the education piece of that. And then the sheriff, if you vote yes on the sheriff, 
amendments. Uh, it would change our constitution to mandate that county sheriffs are elected in every Kansas county except Riley County by popular vote. The power to initiate removal of the county sheriff would be taken from the district attorney and given to the Kansas um, attorney general. You know, that sounds reasonable, right? But a, a no vote is much different, and we're, we're, we're suggesting a no vote. It's very, very, you just have to pay attention, right? None of these things are written to be easily understood. That's on purpose. Hi. Hi. I am happened to be a Kansan, tried and true. I saw you and, back there cheering and and I used your to be proud up. of it. Nah, well, yeah. anyway, you can't so be I, proud. We accomplished uh, national acclaim recently. Yeah, we did, yeah. So I have three sort of specific things. What was that October date for the Kansas ballot issues uh, league program? It's the first Saturday of October, which is October first, I believe. And it's at uh, nine o'clock, and it's going to be on YouTube, so you can sign up for that on the Choco League website. We'd love to have you. And these are other specifics, since I've waited till most everybody's done their thing. Um, I understand y'all, one of your partnering is with um, the Johnson County NAACP for a forum the next Saturday. And um, will you be taking, do you think they'll be taking issue boards like about, or that handout to the Supreme Court to some event like that? Yes. So, okay. So that we've got 1,500 uh, copies uh, coming to distribute at our community events, which we'll probably need more. And then I think that this is my third item. So I participated in the car caravan in yes. August. Thank you. And I don't know if you can tell me who I should talk to or can answer this question. Um, what I was concerned about was it went through neighborhoods I wasn't familiar with. I haven't spent a lot of time in KCK for the last 30 years. So that's not surprising. I saw the changes a lot that I hadn't seen. But and I was probably on the shortest one because it was fairly near the community college where they gathered. Mm -hmm. But um, it was police escort, lovely, only they went way too fast. So if you peeped, if you caught something out of the corner of your eye when you were staring idly out the window or looking in a mirror and was flashing, mm -hmm. those were, they were gone by the time you got a chance to focus on it. And I don't know if there's any way you can suggest to me that I could help support that being a slower trip. So, because I really felt like we didn't reach anybody. The neighborhoods made sense to me as I observed, but the speed was just, mm -hmm. anyway. So thank, thank you for participating in Souls to the Polls. We have another one coming up in October. Um, we're evaluating the most effective way to communicate with our citizens in Wyandotte County. Um, we, we're really interested in trying to do something uh, more tactical as far as getting, uh, inviting people to register themselves rather than just drive through the neighborhood and tell them they should. Um, it's changing. You know, a year ago we had 100 cars in the caravan and we went much slower and we reached a broader audience. But this year, for various reasons, we had 30 cars in the caravan. Um, I have a little bit of discomfort with the whole 
uh, idea of white people driving in ethnic neighborhoods, telling them what they should do. Um, I feel uncomfortable with that from my own personal experience working in the black community. So I will take your comments back to the board of the League of Women Voters. And I will also share it with the leadership of Souls to the Polls, because we are looking at how to tweak it. And that's a very, that's good feedback. Right. I, I totally agree. And I thank you for participating and thank you for the feedback. That's helpful. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, we've, uh, pretty much reached the end of the question and answer period. I want to thank uh, Spencer Graves. He's the person who actually arranged this uh, wonderfully informative meeting, and he is watching. He was here all this morning, so that's why I'm standing in for him, but he's watching on YouTube, so thanks, uh, Spencer. Um, also, next week, when this fits right in with a lot of our discussion, we're going to have Professor Max Skidmore to talk about the abortion rights in crisis. Uh, he has spoken, he's an expert on the political side of this. Uh, and this is the first of a two-part series because on October 2nd, uh, on October 2nd, we're going to have uh, attorney Bob Hyde, who is going to cover the legal end of this, which is very, very complicated now. So be sure and, uh, and try to attend those events. Thank you for tuning in to the All Souls Forum. Keep your radio dial to 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio, for your Jazz Afternoon with KC, coming up immediately. Followed by The Boogie Bridge with Jason Vivoni and then the Heartland Labor Forum at 6 p.m. In the meantime, have a great day.